Hey everyone, we just want to welcome you to the One Amazing Life podcast, except what we're doing today is we don't have Chris, this is Jamie, one of the co-hosts, and we wanted to send out um, some content and some reflection on the scripture passages that we've been going out or going after um, on Sundays and on Wednesdays. So if you normally go to church at uh, our church and if you've, you've heard something about some scripture and you know that we're not normally meeting right now, we are instead going to do just a little discussion in case you want to discuss the scripture and maybe uh, you wanted to hear a little bit more about it or get Patrick's thoughts or my thoughts or or just some basic ideas on it. That's what this is for. So um, it was the wonderful idea of our producer, Patrick. Um, so Patrick, why don't you tell us a little bit about why you thought this was a, a good thing to do right now? Yeah, uh, so many students, you know, you guys, you hear us on Sundays, you hear us on Wednesdays, and we're not going to get that until April 1st. That's like two and a half weeks. It's a long time. So I thought it'd be cool if we just record our thoughts, what we think about the scriptures, and post them so you guys can still get fed uh, in this season of no school, no youth group, no church, like no nothing, no anything. Yeah, and I also want to make sure that everyone knows um, if they want to com- comment on the scriptures or on anything, really, you can feel free to contact um, Patrick or Chris or myself uh, with any questions you might have, especially if, if you're actually looking at these scriptures like, hey, I don't understand what this means here. Uh, feel free to shoot an email out um, to Patrick or to Jamie. Um, it's Patrick at Solana Press. Dot org or jamie at solanapress.org or do we have another address we can use too? You can email Chris and that's a uh, chris at one-youth.com and also if you have a suggestion we don't know what we're going to talk about on Wednesday yet so if you have an idea mm. a scripture you just think is super confusing or you want to know more about it like definitely you know reach out and send us an email text phone call Carrier pigeon, I love getting those. Those are the best. Yeah, yeah those are the yeah. best. Mail that poops. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Definitely reach out, though, because we want to f- continue to feed you, even though we aren't going to be seeing you, and you're not going to be seeing us. So uh, this morning in a church, the pastor Mike preached on the story of Zacharias in uh, Luke chapter 19. Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. <laughs> we are going to edit that out. No, you got to keep it in, man. Okay. We'll keep it we we'll keep it <laughs> real. You got to keep it in, man. Got to keep it real. Zacharias. Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. There we go. <laughs> I I actually I did some study on the name Zacchaeus and uh, I I found out that Zacchaeus the name means pure one. Oh yeah. And it's yeah. funny we're going to read it and we're going to learn that he was everything but the pure one. That's right. So, kind of interesting. Cool. Good thing to keep in mind. Pat, you want me to read it? Yeah, go ahead. All right. This is our passage. It's from Luke chapter 19. It's verses 1 through 10. I'm reading out of the NIV. Not that that matters, uh, but if you have your phone out and you're reading along or you want to grab an app and pull out the uh, scripture. Or your Bible. Or your Bible. You can go old school, the real paper Bible. Um, That's what I'm reading from is the NIV. So, here it is, Luke 19, 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, 
he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Great passage. Funny, this is the first Bible story that I remember hearing or reading when I was a little kid. How, how old is a little kid? Uh, before I could read, uh, my family, we had like a picture book Bible and it had maybe four or five stories in it. And this is the only one that I remember. And I remember the art was of this like little man on the top of this tree and it just looked so like different. And it, it kind of like was over the top. The tree was like hundreds of feet high. Like you could probably <laughs> see for miles, but he was like up on the top of the tree looking specifically for Jesus. Yeah. And the emotion in that the author of that particular book had was he was like really like sad that he couldn't see Jesus and kind of sad that he had to go up on a tree. Uh, just th that's like what stood out to me, but this yeah. is the oldest passage I ever remember like cool. processing. Yeah. In my day, when we would go through Bible stories, there were these things called uh, flannel graphs, which was just a piece of felt or flannel on a board. And then these little tiny cutouts are out of paper and they would, they would stick them to the board to tell the story. It was kind of like super, super old school animation and art and performance all in one piece. And so the better the teacher, the better the Sunday school teacher, the better the artwork would be. But I do remember that uh, when I watched it uh, for the first time, or at least the first time I remember, there was a nice little tree and there was a Zacchaeus and then Zacchaeus was in the tree um, and they actually had to make a whole different art thing for Zacchaeus in the tree because you couldn't put a big giant piece of... Uh, piece of paper on top of another paper because it wouldn't stick. So Zacchaeus disappeared and then all of a sudden he was magically in a tree. And I remember thinking, I wish I could climb a tree that fast. I can't climb trees very well. Not very agile. I, it's hard to climb a tree fast. It's it's hard to climb a tree at all, but fast, definitely. Unless definitely. you really know the tree and the branches. That, yes. I'm sure there's a lesson in there somewhere, but uh, we're talking about Zacchaeus and yeah. tree climbing. So um, going through this passage, man, there's a bunch of really interesting things that happen here. Um, some points that our pastor um, made and really wanted to point out. And so kind of working backwards, the last thing that he, that uh, that's in here is that it says, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Um, and, and that's an interesting idea to think about someone or a group of people who are lost. So what does it mean to be lost? What does it mean, um, you know, if you're lost, does that mean you're not, someone hasn't found you? Who's looking for you? What does that even mean? What does that look like? So, um, Pat, when you hear the word lost, like what, what comes to mind? What people, is there a people group that comes to mind? Or is there, um, you know, what, what do you think this story even is trying to say that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost? 
Uh, you know, lost, I think of people that are lost are probably like recognize that they're lost and there's a sadness that comes with it. Hmm. I think that uh, Zacchaeus slowly over time realized he was lost and he, he was living his life, but realizing this is not the life that was intended for him to live. Yeah. Um, I think of people that don't know who Christ is or like have invited Christ into their hearts. Those people are lost and um, it must be like hard when they make the realization like, whoa, I've been, I'm lost right now. You know, I think like everyone, including myself, go through seasons where we kind of get a little lost. I know that I've gone in parts of my life where I've like questioned what God is doing or just been mad at God. That's like seasons where I've been lost. Yeah. You bring up a good point. I think there's times when we just think, man, where's God right now? Right. Like maybe there's a, a test you, that you didn't pass or, uh, you know, that's kind of a light duty thing. Maybe there's something heavier, like uh, parents going through a divorce or um, just some, some harsh stuff in your life. And, and you're praying and you're asking God, like, help, right? I need help. Uh, and you think, man, where is God? God hasn't changed my circumstances. Uh, I don't see God. God hasn't shown up. And at that point, that's when we feel like, well, if God's not here, then I must be lost. God can't find me. I must be lost. I must be in a place where no matter how hard he looks, he's not going to find me because he sure isn't showing up now. Uh, And that's something that I've heard a lot of people talk about, experienced a little bit uh, at times in life. Um, But Zacchaeus is a guy like that who's lost. So Pat, why don't you tell us a little bit about this guy, Zacchaeus? You already told us about his name, um, but maybe like, you know, what was his job like? Why yeah. was he lost? What made Zacchaeus a lost guy? So Zacchaeus, it says he was the chief tax collector. And what's interesting is this is the only story in scriptures where the title of chief tax collector is used. So through all the scriptures, he's the only one that we know about. And um, tax collectors, they weren't great people. They were known to be stealers and um, they would lie to get more money. And so, for example, if the tax for the, the city was, you know, 5%, Zacchaeus would tell his, like, tax collector, team of tax collectors, oh, the tax is actually 7%. And he would keep the extra 2%. But then the tax collectors would go out and say, oh, the tax is actually 9%. So mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, these people should be getting tax 5% are actually getting tax nine and along the chain all the way up, people are taking their share. So Got it. it's a lot of like making money through lying and stealing basically. Got it. And um, Zacchaeus in the, in the scriptures, the chief tax collector, we can kind of guess that he wasn't the one going face to face, person to person, taking the money. The tax collectors were saying, well, this is like the news that we got from up above and he didn't have the face-to-face relationship, but he was probably still a predominant figure and probably one of the most wealthy people in the area. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. He says that he was a cheap tax collector and was wealthy, meaning he was a really good and probably a really crooked tax collector. Yeah, right? really corrupt. Probably said a lot of false information to get a lot of money. Right. But he was also, because he was bringing in money for uh, the occupying Roman government, that meant he also had protection, right? So mm-hmm. it was like the government was backing him, but he was also cheating people. So it's kind of like the worst of both worlds. Yeah. So, Pat, something that came to mind here that uh, verse three, it says he wanted to see who Jesus was. 
um, just that first phrase. And I'm wondering, like, for us, maybe for you, at what point in your life were you like, man, I want to check out who this Jesus is? Like, I have my first, like, spark of curiosity. Like, I've heard things. Like, maybe you've heard about Jesus, and you you think of a picture of him with, like, long, glowing, golden hair, wearing, like, some sort of a white robe kind of floating around. You're like, okay, that guy seems a little weird, but, like, I want to know more about who this Jesus is. Um, Do you ever remember maybe when you were younger, at what point were you thinking, like, you know, I, I want to know more about that. There, there's something about Jesus that I, I want to see what this whole Jesus, God, faith, church, spirituality thing is all about. Well, so like I grew up going to church, so I wouldn't say that there is like a pivotal time where I was like, I want to see what I want to know more about what this is about. But for me, um, when I was in like fifth or sixth grade, there's a man in the church that I went to named Tom. He was a trumpet player and him and I were pretty close and he passed away. Hmm. And I remember I was actually was in high school as a freshman year. Cause I walked from the high school down to the hospital where he was at during lunch to visit him. Like Whoa. he was like really a big deal in my life. And I remember when he passed away thinking, wow, you know, the youth pastor that I had at the time said he went and he's getting to meet Jesus. I was like, Whoa. I never thought about like meeting, meeting Jesus, meeting God. Yeah. And that was like the first time that I remember like thinking, you know, how it says in the scripture and like you said, in verse four, wanting to see Jesus, I was like, wow, I kind of want to see Jesus. And I realized that I didn't have to wait till I passed away for that to happen. I could like do things to see him in my life, get more involved, dive into scripture more. But that was like, the very, it still stands out to me as like the first time I was like, whoa, it's like understanding that Jesus is like a real person, not, not just the Holy spirit, but the, uh, like God and the father and the Holy spirit, all three. Yeah. Yeah. You bring, yeah. You bring up a good point. I think a lot of times we forget, we think that Jesus God is like an idea or a concept or something that's just floating around out there. Um, or an institution even. Sometimes when people think of God, they think of just church. What's pretty interesting, what you mentioned, and I think is great here, is that God and Jesus, Jesus is a person. Jesus is a real Mm -hmm. person. The personhood of God is like an important thing for us to remember. Uh, And so to see Jesus, it's you can actually spend time with and have a relationship with an actual person. Now it gets a little complicated in in our day because Jesus is not living here on earth in the same way that Jesus was in a bodily form, um, where Zacchaeus could see him, but there was still that interest. And what I think is interesting is even today, even though you don't see Jesus show up, um, what we do know is that there's this there's this thing inside of I think all of us really where we want to know more about that person. We hear about Jesus and we're like, man, I really want to know who this Jesus is. I want to at least see. I want to take the next step closer Mm -hmm. to knowing who Jesus is. Yeah, and I think a good place to start with that is, you know, so many people, they enter into into a time of prayer and it's like motor mouth, you know. (laughs) Yeah. You're just constantly talking and you're not taking a break to listen. And I think, you know, there's no – you're never going to be in a relationship with someone if you never listen to them, mm, you know? Good point. And I think it's like slowing down, really listening to what God might be trying to tell you. Because 
like I know that I could talk 24 hours a day to God and I never let him say a word. Hmm. And is that going to be a good direction? Like that's for me, I know that's not. So, you know, just taking time to listen and recognize it's like a, a relationship, not a one direction, you know, acquaintance, but it's like, we got to like, you know, off, like talk to God, but also have ears to listen. Yeah. The other thing that, that as you're saying that I'm, I'm thinking about is, you know, Zacchaeus, he didn't want to demand something from God, right? He didn't show up saying like, God, I want you to heal this person in my life. God, I want you to do, uh, to do something for me. He just wants to get a glimpse, right? He's Mm -hmm. the guy who's happy to get the last seat in the back row of the church just to see what's happening. Or the person who's like, man, I don't, I don't care if I have the worst seat in the house of the football game. I just want to see a little bit of what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's something I appreciate about that. There's humility. I think the other thing that it points out is that he wasn't a really well-liked guy, right? Right. So the people who were running this town were like, oh, if Jesus is coming through, let's make sure Zacchaeus gets the best of you. Let's make sure Zacchaeus is able to go see Jesus first and, you know, say hi, shake his hand, that kind of a thing. Um, he's on his own. He, he's, yeah. no one's helping him out with this. Right. And he knows it. Uh, there's, I, I knew a pastor once who was about maybe five foot six, <laughs> shorter pastor. Yeah. And he would read this verse and he said, well, we don't know who was short based on this verse. And I said, what do you mean? Zacchaeus is short. He says, well, no, if you read the verse, it says um, he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. And he said, what if it was Jesus who was really short and Zacchaeus just couldn't see over the crowd because Jesus was. So mm-hmm. anyway, for all you folks who are not as uh, gifted in height, maybe Jesus was short. I don't think that's probably what this means, but um, I will say there's a little ambiguity there. Yeah. But also, you mean, regardless of who was short, you think um, Pastor Juan Daniel mentioned this in our sermon planning on Tuesday. He said, for someone who was extremely wealthy, upper uh, upper class, you know, high status to be climbing a tree, you know, running and climbing a tree, that's that's significant. And um, Zacchaeus probably really wanted to see Jesus, like really... Because, you know, it would have been easy for him to just overlook it. You know, there was something stirring in his heart before, like, Jesus even said, let me come to your house for dinner, where he, like, had a desire to go and see him. And that's another great point is a lot of us know that we want to see God, right? Even before we have an interest in who God is, God's already working in us. And I even believe that God's putting that interest in our hearts already. So our desire to see God is something that um, that is usually happens before we even get a chance to meet God. Um, Zacchaeus in this in this story, um, he runs ahead. He climbs the tree. Uh, he he's kind of planning ahead, right? And he seems like the kind of guy who would plan ahead. If he's wealthy, if he's done well, if he's a tax collector, I'm sure he's like got everything lined up in his life. So we see him planning ahead. Like if I go up to that tree, I know Jesus is going to pass by. And so he thinks he has this all planned out and figured out. What's funny is it seems like Jesus is the one who has it all planned and figured out, right? Yeah. So he climbs up the tree. And when Jesus reached the spot, it says he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Uh, and, and that's such, a, man, that's so true of, um, of how God is. God demands that we open up ourselves, 
our lives to him. He demands it. Now, it seems like we have a choice to say no, right? Zacchaeus mm-hmm. could have been like, nah, it's too dirty, or nah, nah, I kind of live a little bit too well off for you. You know, like, I, I might, I don't want to offend Or like, people. nah, there's someone else you should probably see, someone more faithful or someone that's sick. Right, go, go hang out with the pastors or the priests or all those people. I'm just, I'm just kind of a dirty tax collector. You don't want to hang out with me. Um, but Jesus demands that he, he goes there. So, and then what I love about verse six in here is that Zacchaeus, uh, follows what Jesus says right away. It, he, it doesn't say he pauses. It doesn't say he thought about it for a while. It doesn't say he like prayed about it. Uh, it says he, um, he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. So he came down with two things. One is he did it immediately. He did it rapidly. The second thing is that he did it with a kind of a glad spirit, which I think sometimes when we approach God, we, we might miss one of those. We might drag our feet or sometimes if God's asking us to do something, um, we'll, we'll go as slow as we can before we say yes. Uh, or the other thing we can do is we'll say yes right away, but we'll be miserable about it. Right. Mm. It's like, oh man, uh, God is calling me to, you know, take this test I don't want to take, or God's calling me to be nice to this kid in school who I just don't even want to be around, or God's calling me to not gossip about, you know, my friend group or whatever. Um, and I just want, I know I'm supposed to do it, but I'm not going to do it willingly. I'm not going to do it quickly. And Zacchaeus here, who's a guy who's known as being like a sinner, not like a great guy, um, he jumps right to it. Right. Yeah. In my mind, I kind of wish he had just like, you know, jumped right out of the top of the tree and did like a barrel roll on the ground or something like that'd be pretty epic. He said, Jesus, catch me. Here I catch, come. Here I come. I'm not very big. <laughs> I'm not. And Jesus caught him one handed. <laughs> one finger. I like this image. They didn't have the flannel graph for that when I was a kid. Oh. It didn't work that way. <laughs> Zacchaeus doing a barrel a uh, cannonball or barrel roll out of the tree. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Good Gladly. <times. laughs> Gladly. Um, so, of course, what happens? All the people see this. They begin to mutter. He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. So, and in the moment, I I think I would probably feel kind of the same way. I think I would, Even, too. And then later be like, oh, you know, it's so wrong to, to feel that way. But in the moment, you know, as it's happening, you'd, Oh man, I think I would get kind of bummed out. That's it. Yeah, we, you know, probably there's people there. It's like my house is like great. It's clean. It's ritually, you know, purified because that was a big deal back then. Um, there's probably people who are like high level pastor rabbi type people who are thinking, why wouldn't he come see me? Uh, folks who maybe have lived lives that are you know seem a little bit more worthy, and they're probably feeling a little left out. Like why why won't he spend time with me? Why would he go do that? Um, and I think you'll notice this too. When you make the right decision to follow Jesus, uh, kind of everywhere, there's always people who are going to mutter. Mm. There's always going to be a crowd somewhere that's going to say, no, you're not, you're not good enough for Jesus. Uh, your sin is too big for Jesus. Yeah, I know what you did. I know what, what you are did. What you doing now? You're never going to change. You're going to go right back to this. You're going to steal money out of my pocket tomorrow and praise Jesus today. Uh, there is a group of people who are always going to be like that. It's just kind of the way it is. And, and you know, if I search my own heart at times, that's kind of how I think and feel when I see people who want to follow Jesus. Um, real quick story. 
I was running a youth group years ago, and one of the the kids was listening to the Bible and really felt convicted to invite someone to church. And so they came to me after and they said, I just, I really want to invite someone to church. And I just don't know who, I don't know how I should do this, but I know that people need to know the Lord. Um, and I, I just asked them, I said, well, who's the most unlikely person, you know, to come to church, like the like last person at your school who would ever show up to church, um, on our Wednesday night youth group, who, like, who, who would it be? And she said the name of this, this one girl. And, and so she said the name and I said, okay, well, here's what you have to do. You need to pray for that person. So instead of muttering about them, instead of giving them a hard time, why don't you start praying that God would do something in their heart? Well, I, again, I don't know how the Holy Spirit works, but I do know the very next week out of the blue, that girl showed up on her own without anyone even inviting her. Whoa. It was like it was like a weird epic thing and it freaked the yeah. girl out so badly. She showed up for youth group and there's the person she'd been praying for all week oh who my. just happened to be there, right? Whoa. And so uh you know, over the next course of a few weeks, um this person got to hear the gospel, hear the good news that Jesus is for them, not against them. And of course, whenever that happens, people around would mutter and they're like, what's, what's she doing here? And maybe you've heard some of that, like, you know, what's she doing here? What, what's he doing here? That person doesn't belong in church. And I'll give you a hint as people get older uh, and maybe you, you become a business person and maybe you have a reputation of, of not being, you know, the most ethical or moral, uh, or maybe you've made some mistakes in your past that doesn't end when you're an adult. People don't somehow start treating you better just because they're adults. What happens is they will talk about you, but it will be deeper. It'll be more hidden, right? So Zacchaeus, this isn't like teenage stuff going on. Uh, this is like adult stuff going on, which is, runs pretty deep. And in some ways I've seen teenage, teenage people be way more flexible with folks who are you know, labeled as sinners, hmm. being willing to open up. And maybe that's, you know, the challenge for this week for all of us is like, who can we pray for that's, that's lost? Great. You know, and that's great so idea. simple, like already done, you know, it's like five seconds, but we can like take longer to do it, you know, but as we go about our weeks and our schedules are different, our lives are different, what we do in the day and the day out is all different and anxiety might be up, whatever, who can we pray for that might be lost? Like I, that's that's a like great a challenge, challenge. for me that every day. I pray for one, um, not like a group of people, one person, you know. And a big part of that too, yeah, is, is to pray about it, but also to be listening to who, where God is leading you in that, right? Because God might lead you to pray for someone, and then God might ask you to come up to someone. Uh, God might ask you to send out a text message or a Snapchat or whatever to someone who's out there who uh, needs to know a little bit more. And sometimes it's as simple as inviting to someone to a program. Sometimes it's a little more complicated, right? Where you got to dig a little bit deeper uh, into that relationship that you have with someone before you can even invite them. Um, the coolest part of this passage where it ends is, is Jesus, you know, Zacchaeus gets up and makes this grand gesture. I'm going to give back everything I've stolen even four times, which was a part of the law. If you stole from someone, you actually had to give back four times what you took. Um, that was mandated in the Bible. And so Zacchaeus makes that pledge to do that in front of everyone. They know that he's going to do this. Um, and then, and then Jesus tells him today, salvation has come to this house. 
Now the irony is Jesus has come to that house and Jesus is <laughs> yeah. salvation, right? So that's kind of cool, it's but like, yeah. It's here right now. Right, like, hey, salvation right here, here, sitting right here. Um, but it's cool to, he- to hear and to see Jesus give that proclamation of salvation. And the coolest part of this is, man, salvation can come to any one of our houses, to any one of our hearts. Um, and God is willing and ready uh, and able and capable and joyful to do that. Hmm. Yeah. Love it. Well, um, friends, we are about to close out here and just want to give you a reminder. If you have any questions, concerns, thoughts, all of that stuff, we would love to interact with you. Um, and that can happen via, uh, whatever connection point you might already have with Patrick or myself or Chris, or again, you can email us at Jamie at Solana press.org or Patrick at Solana press.org. O-R-G, or chris at one-youth.com. Sounds good. All right. We'll be checking in with you guys on Wednesday. Wednesday.